Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Once again, the bearer of great news. I told you it was going to happen. Last Monday, I told you it was going to happen, folks. A sweep in the regionals, and your ECU baseball Pirates are the 2021 Greenville Regional Champs. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ben Byron, filling in for the P-Man, who's feeling a little under the weather. My man across the glass, spinning the dials, Derek Alcorn, D-Rock, as I like to call him. Nobody does it better. And the way things are looking, my friend, with all the good news we bring when we fill in, they should just let us host Mondays. Just let us do it. Come on now. It was a wild weekend in Greenville that saw fire alarms go off in the stadium. That was Friday. Yesterday you had, I believe, a two-hour weather delay. I believe maybe a little longer. Game went all the way to 1 o'clock in the morning. The place was still packed, not a single seat empty. Clark O'Hare is rocking, my friend. It was a sight to behold, D-Rock. Wish you were there, D-Rock. I don't you know what you were doing. You were not I was there. I was there. It was unbelievable. Unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Saturday night, Saturday night was probably the like greatest baseball game that was I've a very, very good ever game. seen in person. That was awesome. So let's start with Saturday's contest. An all-timer with Charlotte. Probably one of the best games ever in Clark Claire. It was tremendous. A rare, spotty, shaky start for an otherwise phenomenal Gavin Williams. Had the Pirates hanging around with the Niners for a while in the pitch, and once again the bullpen was shaky. But in the eighth, Lane Hoover with the clutch RBI to gain the lead after it was tied up at five runs and gave us a 7-5 lead, ultimately the final score. Let's not forget a huge part of why we won that game was because of a certified gangster. And senior Matt Bridges with the clutch save. The peach was bleak all game, did not look great whatsoever. And once he came in with his intensity and his energy and played the way he did, he got the save. It was a huge boost for that team. I think there's no doubt about it. D-Rock, I mean, you saw him. He's cussing out his teammates. He's like, let's go, fellas. Let's get something going. Charlotte's, hey, they're looking like they're going to be our next rival here. Got to smack these clowns. And what a better way to start today's Pirate Report with the guy who was voted Greenville's most outstanding player, D-Rock. Fire up that Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Let's start it off with my man, senior pitcher Matt Bridges. After the Charlotte game, he talked about how special this game was to him. Cut eight. Special, you know, like I said in the previous uh, press conference, was like, that's the main reason I came back here, you know, I just wanted one more shot at this and it's something special playing in Greenville on these fans came out tonight, really supported us and pushed us through, you know, without them, I don't think it was possible, but, um, you know, everybody just kind of felt the momentum and rode that wave all the way to the end. He talked about coming in to get the save for the Pirates in that all-timer game. I mean, unbelievable game. Like I said, pitching was bleak all game. Nobody really stood out until Bridges came in and brought that intensity, showed the team, hey, boys, we got to make something happen. We do not want to end up in the loser's bracket and play two games tomorrow. Let's get it done. Here's uh, Matt Bridges talking about that save here. Cutting on, Derek. You know, like I said, it's it's, it's special Um, coming here. Like the seniors that we got, you know, Cam, myself, and Smitty, and also Smalls. And, you know, it's 
it's really it's really what what brought us here in the first place. You know, this culture is special. Um, we grind every day, and you know we're going to do the best to put our put our best foot forward. And uh, we believe in each other. Uh, we're a special group, and you know we're looking to just keep pushing forward from here on out. And uh, we're going to ride the wave, and hopefully Pirate Nation will be back here tomorrow. And um, really, that's about it. You know, it's it's awesome. Let's shift over to Coach Cliff Godwin after that Charlotte win. Here's his reactions to that crucial win there on Saturday night. Uh, first off, I just want to thank the fans for – man, the place was rocking tonight. If the fans weren't rocking and out in full force, I know it was sold out, but the electricity. Bridgie just came to me and was like, Coach, man, I don't know if it's ever been that loud before. And that's including the 2019 regional championship. So if the fans don't show up and don't uh, – get into the game and are energetic. We have no shot at winning that game. So thank you, fans. Secondly, uh, you know, hats off to to Starnes. I mean, the guy pitched his butt off against us, kept us off balance and really, I mean, just grinded out. And their offense, you know, made Gavin work a whole lot. Um, Gavin didn't have his best stuff, but Charlotte's the best offense that we faced the entire year, which we knew that going in. But I'm super proud of our guys, you know, just the guys that came in, uh, Mayhew, AJ, obviously Bridgie, and then guys just putting together tough at bats, uh, you know, there in the eighth inning. Um, Agnos, big walk, um, and then Bryson hitting a double, scoring one, and then Hoove getting, you know, two RBIs. Seth Cadell moving the baseball, getting an RBI, and then Hoove getting the two um, game-winner RBIs. So uh, Bryson's playing through a lot of pain. Hoover, you know, had his face shattered earlier this year, so guys showed a lot of toughness, which was awesome. And he mentioned the pitching earlier for the 49ers. I think that was one of the things that wasn't talked about as much coming into this game was just how good that pitching staff can be at times. A lot of the scouts that were there at the game, of course, they were there to see Gavin Williams and Connor Norby, but a, a guy that was also on their radar was Bryce McGowan, who the Pirates just lit up. Uh, Coach Godwin talks about the Niners pitching here. Cut Four D Rock. Um, yeah, you know, a hey, hey, coach uh, Woodard had an unbelievable plan to to pitch us. Um, he kept us off balance with Starnes, and you know, Starnes walked Bryson to to start that in, and then hit Hoove. I mean, I'm sure the kid was out of gas. He's out there pitching in front of 5,500 angry Pirate fans, which was awesome. And you know, they had to go to McGowan, and um, our guys just grinded out at bats. McGowan's you know throwing the ball 95 miles an hour with the plus plus slider and a good changeup. So uh, we just were able to get some free bases and then guys put together tough at bats. And yeah, it, look, it's better to be two and oh than one and one, but I, I wouldn't have counted us out even if we had to play, you know, tomorrow at noon, because our guys have invested a whole lot to be in the situation they're at right now. Another big storyline heading to the game was whether Bryson World was going to play or not. I know he had a sh nagging shoulder injury. Me and Corey actually in the broadcast booth, we did get a roster sheet without Bryson Whirl, and about 10 minutes before first pitch, we got another one. They're like, no, he's good to go. He's playing. So here was Coach Godwin talking about why he made that decision last minute to let Bryson Whirl play. He came up to me and said uh, the doctors had been working on him. He says, Coach, I feel better right now than I felt yesterday. I can go. And I said, hey, man, I trust you, but you, you got to promise me like you can really go. And he promised me that he could really go. I mean, how about that catch you made over the wall? I mean, that's one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, just the toughness that he's grown up so much. You know, he's been here four years and he's a tremendous athlete, but the toughness that he has shown um, 
the past couple of days and, and not feeling good is has been just you know for me it makes me proud because the guy's pouring his heart and soul into trying to help us win there was no doubt about it coach that was one of the most unbelievable catches you will ever see a true web gym and Bryson World talks about that catch. And then we'll do it back-to-back here, D-Rock. Well, we'll also throw in there him talking about how he talked his way back into the lineup. Oh, I know the ball was hit hard, and the wind was really pushing the ball up that way. So I was kind of just drifting back with it. And Hoover's yelling at me. He's like, you got to get up, got to get up. And I just jumped at the right time and caught it. Uh, like Coach Godwin said earlier, um, I had the doc- ECU doctors working on me um, about 30 minutes for the game for game time. Uh, Came out of the coach guy when I felt good. I told him, like, coach, I want to play. Like, this is a big moment for me. Um, yeah, he put me in the lineup, and I'm, I'm glad he did. So a huge controversy coming into this game and in the Maryland game was that ECU was actually the away team because of NCAA rules to make it kind of an equal playing field, which makes absolutely no sense. Why do you have seating? What's the point of seating? For the top seed, we should obviously be the home team during the whole time during the tournament. Makes absolutely no sense. Outside of Coach Godwin here, he went absolutely off on the NCAA here. Cut five here, Derek. Well, and I say this every year, and uh, I really don't care if I get fined about it, but the NCAA has done an unbelievable job of making the playing field uh, equal when you earn the number one seed. They don't pass those out for free. You earn it. Our guys have earned it. And, you know, we're getting, you know, can't have any music and you can't play, you know, uh, welcome to the jungle. Then you flip on, you know, Tennessee playing, they're playing Rocky top. I guess that's not, but the sec can do whatever they want. And we have to, you know, stay within the parameters of what the NCAA wants. We have to share our meeting room. It's, it's the most unbelievable thing. Like what, I mean, you're better off to just go to a, a place that doesn't draw great via two seat because then, you know, you'll get every advantage. They'll let you be the home team two or three times. And, you know, we had to win a flip last night thanks to J.J. McLamb. J.J. had a great flip there to, to get us the uh, home team today. But uh, I, I'm happy that we're here because we wouldn't have won tonight if we'd been on the road. Yeah, that rule is just absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, what is the point, Derek? Why do you have seating? makes absolutely no sense. At the end of the day, none of that matter. We won anyways. Blew them out. Huge win over Charlotte. Charlotte, a team – that could have easily been hosting this past weekend. I mean, no doubt about it. They, they, I'm surprised they actually didn't get a bid. But either way, here's his message to his team after their win over the Charlotte 49ers. Then I'm super proud of them, the, the grittiness that they showed, the toughness. I mean, look, it would have been very easy for us to, you know, just pack it in. I mean, I think that's what some teams do. I mean, look across college baseball and the toughness these games are. I mean, South Florida was up, I think, 8-1 to one against Miami to go 2-0. and oh. I mean, who would have thought South Florida? Our league's a lot better than a lot of people give us credit for. And I'm so happy for Billy and South Florida. Hopefully they can hold on to, to be 2-0. and oh. But they deserve it, man. They, uh, you know, struggled some at times, and they keep fighting and, and making the conference proud. Let's move on to the game that sealed the deal for the Pirates and got them the regional championship, a late-night affair against the Red Hot Maryland team last night. And once again, another packed and raucous crowd at Clark LeClaire sold out. Nothing like that. Even after a weather delay that pushed the game back, it was rocking until the game ended around 1 o'clock in the morning. Pitching once again shaky for that game. Kuchmater didn't have the best start. A few guys in between struggling as well. But once again, Matt Bridges comes in towards the end to seal the deal and get the save once again. He's a cold-blooded savage, Derek. What can I say? That guy's a gangster. 
The bats were a huge factor in this win. Team scores nine runs. It shows up against a team that was ranked 23rd in the nation by D1 Baseball. Coach Cliff Godwin talks about his re- gives his reactions to becoming the regional champions and beating Maryland. Man, well, where to begin? Just uh, super excited for uh, these guys that are standing next to me right here. These guys that decided to come back. Matt Bridges, Cam Colmore, Tyler Smith. We wouldn't be here today without what, of course, they've done on the field, but more importantly, what they've done in that locker room on a day-to-day basis. And um, pretty special. There's not, uh, there haven't been many that have won, you know, two regionals. And I think uh, Bridgie and Cam won, has won three. So uh, they might be the first ECU players to ever win three regionals. So pretty special for them to come back in their sixth year. And just our coaching staff, man, it's been a long year with COVID and just having to go through protocols and four game weekends in the conference. And what I said last week with this group being, battle-tested is is battle-tested of any team that has ever been here under my watch um, because they've been through a lot. They've been through injuries. They've been through COVID protocols. They've been through no fans. They've been through four-game weekends. So super special. Happy for our fans. <laughs> Man, the fans were awesome the past two nights. Uh, it was electric and how special it was to be able to host a regional in front of our home crowd when we couldn't have a capacity crowd um, the entire year. So it was awesome. And, you know, I want to thank God for just giving me an opportunity to lead these young men and our staff because I wouldn't be here without him and uh, hope I can continue to just serve him and, and serve our guys in the right way. Coach Godwin obviously mentioned the weather delay earlier and sweeping that region. Here was his comments on that. By the way, with that weather delay, it seemed to be the hot take on Twitter especially by this one media moron that I absolutely can't stand. I won't say his name, but you could probably find him on Twitter. Spout out about something else that doesn't matter because he's not a true Pirate fan. But anyways, moving on. Yeah, I mean, this guy's like, this is something that could have been prevented. Let me tell you something, dude. I was there. Literally, it was clear. Sunshine. If anything, it was too hot. Too hot. Too much sun. Out of nowhere, it just starts raining. To the point where you couldn't even tell it was raining. The raindrops were so, like, they were spread so far apart. You thought you couldn't tell if it was birds, if it was leaves, what was going on. Then out of nowhere, just a spot shower just drenched the field. It looked looked bad, Derek. I didn't think we were going to be able to play last night. It was terrible, but credit to that grounds crew. They did the best they could. They tried to get the tarp out there. They were just a little bit too late, and it couldn't have been prevented. It wasn't on the radar. I'll tell you that right now. It wasn't on the radar, and it seemed to only hit that area. I mean, our guy Ryan Winter was out there producing back, back here in the studio, He's saying it wasn't raining here. It was only raining there. It was something, I mean, unless you were an oracle, you couldn't have seen that coming. I mean, it was there was not a cloud in the sky before that. So that moron, he can he he could just be quiet. Just be quiet, dude. Every time you speak on Twitter, you sound like a moron. And I think Godwin's already called you out on it multiple times. So moving on. Let me put personal beefs aside. Here's Coach Cliff Godwin talking about the weather weather delay and sweeping that regional. Yeah, the, uh, the the weather delayed us a little bit, but all good. I looked at my watch out there in the huddle. I was like, 104. I was like, is my watch wrong? Because I had no idea what time it was. But uh, our grounds crew was awesome just to be able to get the field ready. And uh, that thunderstorm popped up. And, you know, everybody wants to complain about, hey, we weren't prepared. But we were prepared to just 
uh, there was nothing on the radar except it was just raining outside. So by the time we tried to get the tarp out, it was too late because once you get water on that thing, you can have a football team and you can't move it. So um, our hats off to our grounds guy just to get the field ready. But yeah, it was three tough games. I mean, I go, you, you don't play anybody this time of the year that is not good. Three tough games started with Norfolk State, then Charlotte, then Maryland. So we played all three teams that were in our regional and our guys answered the bell. You know, there's a lot to be said by the toughness our guys showed. I mean, you're talking about Bryson playing with a bum shoulder, making that catch last night, um, getting the big double. I mean, the guy's swinging. He's in pain every time he swings, but he still wants to go out there and play for his team. Um, you know, Bridgie, most outstanding player. Uh, I, I don't even know how many innings he pitched the past three days, but he pitched a lot and uh, I think got three saves. So pretty special um, that he could do that. And let's send it back to my man, the cold-blooded assassin, Matt Bridges. His thoughts on being a huge factor and them winning that regional, getting back-to-back saves. I believe he played in all three games. That man's a killer. I'm, I'm hyped up over Matt Bridges. Favorite player, Matt Bridges. That man, he made sure he was, his team was on it. Intensity was up. He's calling out teammates. Get it together. Let's go. Let's finish strong. Because when you look back at the season, uh, especially early in the season, they would get the bats going early. The pitch would be going early, and then it would trail off later on. And they just wouldn't finish strong. And I think Matt Bridges really touched on that on his team. He's like, we got to finish strong, guys. We got to make this happen. We got to move on to Nashville. At the time, they didn't know they were moving on to Nashville or they'll be going to Nashville for anything. I mean, they could have easily been staying in Greenville. Either way, he just knew they needed to go to a Super Regional. Here's Matt Bridges talking about being a huge factor and them winning. I mean, this I just – I really can't put it into words what it felt like just to be out there. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I was the focal point. It's just really just – it's all about the guys. And um, the most special point – the most special part to me is just turning around and seeing them all coming my way. And we're all in this together. You know, we we, we uh, go through all these tough workouts throughout the fall. And, you know, we, we uh, put a lot of work into this. And it's, it's really – it really all comes together in those moments. And it's really special. All right, that's going to do it for today's Pirate Report. The Pirates moving on to Vanderbilt, four-seeded Vanderbilt in Nashville for the Super Regionals next Friday. I'm not quite sure when first pitch is, but it will be on our station Friday, 94-3 the game. Live coverage from Corey Glore out there in Nashville. Exciting times here in Greenville, there's no doubt about it. When we return, we're going to keep the fun, good vibes going with some weekend winners, weekend worse, after this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Welcome back into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben Byron filling in. Derek Alcorn, D-Rock on the ones and twos. A lot happening in the sports world over the weekend. Some were great. Some were not so great. As a matter of fact, a lot of it was not so great. We're here to break it down for you here on Weekend Winners, Weekend Worst. It's time for Weekend Winners. Yes, I win! Game over! And the weekend's worst. Worst day of my life? What do you think? Here on the Patrick Johnson Show. This one's a layup. This one's a gimme. Who else do I go with than none other than your ECU baseball pirates? But not only the team, the fans. Weekend winner, D-Rock. You're a winner. 
weekend winner. Play my music, D-Rock. Play my music. I'm ready. Play my walkout music. Let's go. Got to shout out Pirate Nation. Saturday, one of the all-timers. Great game. And y'all were part of the reason why it was an all-timer and a great game. The environment was something special, unlike any other in college baseball, out of all things. College baseball. I got to give it to you, folks. Sold-out crowd there Saturday night. And then Sunday, after, what, a two-hour and some change weather delay, something that some moron on Twitter would tell you could would tell you could have been avoided, even though it couldn't have had, it, there was nothing you could have done, D-Rock. Nothing you could have done. It came out of nowhere. You still stuck around. It was still a sold-out crowd all the way till 1 o'clock in the morning. It was unbelievable. I got to hand it to y'all. The tailgates were rocking. The jungle was rocking. The stands were rocking. It was a deafening crowd. It was awesome. You made that environment. You made that regional what it was. And pat yourselves on the back. You're probably sitting home from work today. You know, you stayed out a little late. Drink a little, you know, Pirate Wisers there. You know, you were you were doing your thing. Drink a little Bud Wisers. And, uh, hey, nobody does it better than Pirate Nation, man. Got to give them the weekend winner. Moving on. Weekend Worst. You blew it! Weekend Worst. Oh, this is another I told you so moment. I said it last Monday. I said it was going to happen. I told you they had a crappy slate. They had a crappy slate of opponents. That proved to be uh, that proved to be the case this past weekend. NC State Baseball moving on to their first Super Regional, I believe, since 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Don't look that up, Derek. You'll never find it. Because nobody cares about NC State baseball. I know I don't care. I said it. They're scum on the bottom of my shoe. Well, yeah, I mean, we all knew this was coming. Louisiana Tech, yes, a tough team. But they got some help from else. They got help from elsewhere. Louisiana Tech ended up having to play two games in a day. That second game against NC State. NC State playing a weather team there. Louisiana Tech got a little help from elsewhere. Then you look at Ryder. I don't know if they did play Ryder. But, hey, that definitely helped their chances there. I mean, I've never heard of Ryder before. Derek, I mean, I asked you last Monday, do you still know who Ryder University is? Still haven't figured it out. I looked it up. They're the Broncos. That's pretty, that's pretty clever. I'll give them that. And then who else was there? Alabama? That was a team that didn't even deserve to be there in the first place. We all said it. Pittsburgh over Alabama. Pittsburgh over UNC, for that matter. Throw them in there. Another scum on the bottom of my shoe. Get them out of here. Say it again. Get them out of here. Terrible. Awful. I hope whoever they play next, I think it's the winner between Arkansas and Nebraska, one of those two teams. Yeah, they're not getting past either of those two. What's the least hope? What's the least hope, Derek? Come on. Throw me a bone here. Top seeded Arkansas beat the brakes off them. I'd love to see it, too. Moving on. Weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. This is a lighthearted moment. Nothing silly here. TJ Olsen. If you're not familiar with that name, Greg Olsen, all-time great tight end for the Panthers. The greatest tight end for the Panthers. Borderline Hall of Famer. Some may argue he is a Hall of Famer. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about that one. Either way, it doesn't matter right now. His son had a failing heart for, I don't know, that was something they were kind of keeping an eye on and working with for the past month or so. Over the weekend, he was able to get a heart transplant. They found a donor. And I believe he's waking up from uh, the from the uh, the operation afterwards. 
He's responding. He's talking to his family. He's doing well, and he thanked everybody that that uh, supported him, reached out, supported him, prayers, all that. So we got to give a shout-out to TJ Olsen. That's a weekend winner for sure. The kid, I believe, was only six years old. No six-year-old six year should have to go through that. And he beat, hey, again, he beat it. It was a tough task, and he beat it. That man's a real hero right there. TJ Olsen, weekend winner. Moving on. Weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. Some golf. But we ain't talking Harold Varner III here. I'm going to leave him alone, even though he had another not-so-great outing. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to touch that one, Derek. Last time I said something, my, my windows were busted. Somebody busted my windows, took a crowbar. I don't know what happened. John Rom. Get this, Derek. This might perk your ears up a little bit. This might catch your attention. John Rom through three rounds, I believe had a four-shot lead until a COVID test came back from the PGA Tour. He tested positive for COVID with a four-shot lead in round three. There's only four rounds. And had to withdraw from the tournament. Did not get the finish. For that matter, he didn't even, like, place. He's just withdrawn from the tournament. He's gone. Wasted outing. Wasted amount of time. Hey, buddy, I, I guess you should have gotten your vaccine, man. I mean, yikes. That's that's a tough loss right now, there. So the winner ended up being Colin Marikawa or something like that. I mean, honestly, who cares? It's golf. HV3 ain't winning. I ain't worried about it. It ain't a thing to make. Moving on. Weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. The Julio Jones trade. Now you're thinking, how can that be a winner? How could that be a worst? Break it down for me, Ben, please. I'm on my knees right now begging. Well, I'll break it down for you, my friend. Julio Jones now out of the division. You got a rookie corner for the Panthers and J.C. Horn. He was going to struggle anyways against the likes of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Calvin Ridley. They're talking about Kyle Pitts might be a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, probably the... One of the most, like, one of the greatest tight end prospects we've ever seen in the draft. J.C. Horn's going to have his hands full. That Panthers secondary in general was already going to have their hands full. And now you're talking about the number one guy that had the Panthers secondary's number. He loved to torch the Panthers. Out of the division, we ain't got to play him twice a year. He ain't got to drop 200, 300 on us twice a year. I'll take it. Not only that, the Falcons completely botched this move. You know what they got for Julio Jones, a future Hall of Famer, an all-pro receiver? At this point, off the top of my head, I'll say he's at least five-time all-pro. At least five-time. You know what they got for him? Peanuts. They got a second-round pick. I don't even think it was the next. I think it was the next year's draft, 2022? Next year's draft, and they got a fourth-round pick for 2023. Yeah, terrible. Awful. You got nothing for him. I guess you got rid of a big contract. I don't know. I don't know if you take a cap hit. I can imagine you do. But uh, Falcons being the Falcons. I guess this is part of this new regime. I'm all for it. Go ahead and raise up or rise up or whatever their little logo is. We'll just keep pounding. We'll keep pounding, fellas. We'll drop 20 on you. Yeah, not looking good. And then you look where he ends up. He ends up with the Titans. I don't think this move makes the Titans a Super Bowl contender. I do, I do think... It might get him past the first round. At the end of the day, it's a receiver. 
They still have issues they need to address on the defense. Defense is very shaky at times. You're talking about their best corner. Unless I'm forgetting somebody was Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler had, has not played great. Not played up to expectations there with the Titans. I don't even know if he's still with the team. Malcolm Butler still with the team. D-Rock, maybe look that up for me. Yeah, not looking good. I don't think it makes him a Super Bowl contender. Tannehill's a very capable quarterback. We'll see how he gets him involved. Now you're talking, you got A.J. Brown, an over 1,000-yard receiver, a Pro Bowl receiver. You got a 2,000-yard rusher in Derrick Henry. And now you have another 1,000-yard receiver, a future Hall of Famer in Julio Jones. It's going to be tough to get all those guys involved. Julio Jones, not really an ego, not really a huge problem in the locker room. Um, we'll see if that changes if he's not getting the targets he necessarily usually is used to getting. So, yeah. Butler with the Cardinals. See, there you go. Who's left for that secondary? No telling. Unless I'm missing somebody. But, hey, I I don't think I am, man. That secondary's in ruins. Moving on. This one's obvious. Weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. Friday here on the PJ T- Show. I told you not to waste your money. Don't do it. Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Where do I start? Where do I start, D-Rock? Did you watch this? I wasn't fortunate enough to be able to find it. I was definitely keeping up. You were keeping up. Yeah, I hate. Were you... It was in the... You weren't trying to find it. You were just like, if it wasn't right in front of me, I'm not watching it. Pretty much. Yeah. Who cares about this? Logan Paul, 0-1 as a professional boxer. Gets Floyd Mayweather, 50-0. That should have... 51-0 now. Well, I think it was an exhibition, so it doesn't count. But either way, that should that should have told you last year. I'm confused. What are you doing right now? What are you doing, D Rock? Oh, okay. All right, all right. D Rock throwing me off there. That should have told you all you needed to know, just record wise. Then you watch the fight. From what I hear, it was a hug fest. From what I hear, it was an embarrassment to box. And if boxing, boxing's already not doing himself any favors they won't give you the fights you want to see UFC is really handing it to them right now not good Logan Paul actually looked not so bad in that fight against what many proclaim is the one of the greatest boxers of all time that is not a good look for boxing I don't care what anybody says I don't care if it was a fun fight not a good look what that either tells you is that it was a work which I could have told you it was going to be a work and it probably was a work or that, I mean, it just doesn't make boxing look good. A legendary boxer goes in there for a YouTuber and goes the distance. And I get it. Floyd's not a power puncher. He's a very finesse technique, defensive type boxer. Always made his money that way. He's made his money on one. You want to see him get beat. That's why you buy the pay-per-views for a Floyd Mayweather fight. You want to see him get beat. Just not not a good deal all around. And now boxing finds itself in a very strange situation where now YouTubers, sports celebrities, celebrities are now having to carry the weight because they can't give you the fights that you want to see. And now it's gotten to the point, if you're a casual fan, probably the only fight you want to see right about now is Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, heavyweight bout. Most people probably don't even know who they are. Derek does. I know D-Rock over there definitely doesn't know who they are. That's that. That's a marquee fight right there, and they can't get it done. They can't. It's been three, four years now. They can't figure out how to get it done. Other than that, your big names are Canelo. Can't find him somebody quite to his level. 
quite up to the drawing level that Canelo is, quite up to the talent. I mean, it's the, it's to the point now you're not watching the Canelo fight because he's probably fighting some bum you never heard of, and you know he's going to win. Why waste 50 bucks on that? Why waste 60, 80 bucks? I don't know how much a pay-per-view costs. Why waste your money on that? Outside of that, there's not a lot of names. You got Pacquiao. He's 45. I bet you didn't know he's probably had five or six fights since that Mayweather fight, that which was what, six, seven years ago at this point? Been a long time, Derek. Been a long time. Probably didn't even know he was still fighting. It's a fight per, per year. Yeah. I mean, boxing's in bad shape right now, especially with the UFC and their emergence. UFC gives you the fights you want to see in a timely manner. Boxing has really dropped the ball when it comes to that. Especially when you have the contenders in the heavyweight division. It's always been proven. When the heavyweight division does well, that is great for boxing. Well, now you have the talent. You have the pieces. The heavyweight division is great right now. But you can't give us the fights we want to see. Now you're in a predicament where you got Jake Paul fighting Nate Robinson. You got Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco getting knocked down in the prelims for Mayweather Paul. It's just a circus show. I saw D-Rock, I'm not kidding you right now. I wanted to talk about this on the PJ show months ago, but I wasn't able to do it. Are you are you familiar with Jose Canseco? Not really. Okay, okay. Jose Canseco is a controversial baseball figure. He was a part of the whole steroid scandal and everything. Uh, I don't want to say he's universally hated, but a lot of people don't like him. I'll say that much. Barstool stepped in. They have their own little boxing thing going on. It's kind of like gimmick boxing. It's called rough and rowdy. They paid Jose Canseco a million dollars to box this, box this kid named Billy something. Billy something. I don't know what his name was. He looked like a little dweeb. You know what Jose Canseco does? What's he do? He goes in there looking juice to the gills. He's already gassed. Just walking to the ring. And this was like in a convention center. Probably like a good five feet to get to the ring. It was, I mean, it was, it was not impressive whatsoever. He gets in there. Immediately in the first round, about a minute in, takes like a right hand to his shoulder. You know what he does? He dives. He takes a dive. Collects his a million dollar paycheck and leaves. So yeah, that's the state of boxing right about now. You probably didn't even realize it's falling that hard. And you know, this is probably something something people can relate to. This is probably the last boxing fight you've seen. The last boxing match you paid money for. A 50-something-year-old Mike Tyson versus a 50-something-year-old Roy Jones Jr. That was probably the last boxing match you ever saw. And me laying that out for you, that tells you all you need to know. So, yeah, that's it for boxing. I finally get to vent. P-Man doesn't let me talk about boxing. It's my show today. I'll talk about it all I want. All right. That's going to do it for your weekend winners, weekend and worst. Before we end it here, Derek, you got any weekend winners, weekend worst? It doesn't have to be sports. It could be personal. No? You didn't try to, like, toast something in a toaster and it burned or something? Oh, come on, D-Rock. You let me down. Let me down. It's time for you, the listener, to chime in. If I can get D-Rock to chime in, you, the listener, can chime in. You could be my co-host here for a second. You can be my second mic. 
tweet at us at your your weekend winner or weekend worst at 94.3 The Game, 943 The Game on Twitter, or call in during the break. As we're going to be giving away some Bojangles gift cards, Bojangles serving up those hot, fresh buttermilk biscuits daily. I can taste it right now. That's going to be the move after this show. Me and D-Rock, we need to go get some biscuits to shout. All you have to do is dial 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263 to win a Bojangles gift card. Caller number three, Pirates won three games for the regional champ sweep. We'll take your call and give you some of the best biscuits in the South next. Welcome back in to the Pat Johnson Show. Ben Byron filling in my man D-Rock spinning the dials. What a banger, D-Rock. Good pool there. Tonight, scattered showers and thunderstorms before midnight, then isolated showers after 5 a.m. Chance of rain is about 30%. Tomorrow, isolated showers, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after around noon. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with a high near 86, with the chance of rain at about 40%. Then tomorrow night, chance of Showers and thunderstorms, uh, mostly cloudy with a low around 71. Chance of rain around 30%. I'm going to kick it over to my man D-Rock, the best in the biz when it comes to a sports update. What's happening around the sports world, D-Rock? Thanks, Ben. I'm Derek Alcorn, and today with your sports update, we're going to start with Pirate Baseball. The 2021 NCAA Greenville Regional All-Tournament team was announced, and of course, after winning the regional championship, we got a lot of Pirates on, on the list. Connor Norby's at second, Zach Agnos at third, we got Bryson Whirl and Lane Hoover in the outfield, and Ben's favorite Pirate pitcher, Matt Bridges, were all honored this week. Killer. The Savage. most outstanding pitch player was Pirate pitcher Matt Bridges after he was able to notch back-to-back crucial saves in the regional. The Pirates move on to the Super Regional and take on Vanderbilt and Nashville starting this Friday in a best of three. From college football, Alabama extends head coach Nick Saban through 2028 and is set to make about $8.5 million this upcoming season. Colorado starting QB Sam Neuer has officially answered, officially entered the transfer portal, and Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick is stepping down to take on a new role within the school. From the NFL, we have a huge trade over the weekend as the future Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame receiver Julio Jones has been traded from the Falcons to the Titans. The Falcons got a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick, while Jones was also sending a 2023 sixth round pick to the Titans. Meanwhile, in New England, after an injury scare with his hand in a training camp, Cam Newton has returned to the camp on a limited basis. Our sources close to the team say, say, uh, excuse me, state that there is no injury to his hand at this time. The Seattle Seahawks sign an all-pro punter Michael Dixon to a four-year extension worth $14.5 million. The Minnesota Vikings signed, can, signed the veteran cornerback Bashad Breland. The terms of, the contract, terms of this contract have not yet been released. And lastly, the San Francisco 49ers also signed the safety Tony Jefferson. The te- details of that contract also have been yet to be released. That's going to do it for your 94.3 Game Sports Update. I'm Derek Alcorn, and we'll get back to Ben in the studio right after this. Welcome back to the Pat Johnson Show. I am your host, Ben B. Baby Byram. 
across the glass, my man D-Rock, Derek Alcorn, the best in the biz, always playing the hits. I love this, Derek. Hey, you've been nothing but 100% here when it comes to song choices. Uh, let's take a look here at the Super Regional Slate. Some teams have earned some bids so far, some still playing and duking it out for their regional championship. Currently underway, we have Southern Miss and Ole Miss. Ole Miss smacking Southern Miss 10-3 in Game 7 down there in Oxford, the Oxford Regional Championship. The winner of that game will go on to play fifth-seeded Arizona out there in Tucson, I believe. I believe if they win, they'll play in Tucson. Yep, Tucson. Uh, elsewhere, NC State, we're still waiting on who they will play in their Super Regional. They'll likely either have to go to Arkansas or Nebraska. Nebraska, I believe, is 19th ranked in the country by D1 Baseball. Arkansas, the top-ranked team in the country, one of the hottest teams in the country. I don't believe they've lost a series during the season. Arkansas, they're, hey, they hit a wall here in this regional final against Nebraska. Nebraska, who had to play two games that day. And, uh... Hopefully they'll get it. Well, I, w- I should say. Well, I should say hopefully, because hey, if Arkansas advances to the super regional, NC State's going to be beat. Put money on it. Well, don't don't take my word for it. Please don't gamble. I, I hey, hey hey don't don't uh if you do gamble your money, I had nothing to do with it. Gamble responsibly. It's for entertainment purposes. I'm, I'm digging a hole here. I'm do- digging a hole here, Derek. Either way, we want Arkansas to win because they'll smack NC State. That's a lot. Moving on, USF, they're looking for their very first regional championship in program history. Their very first super regional, they're playing South Alabama. South Alabama kind of giving them a hard time right now. The score, and I do not have the score, D-Rock. I am such a professional right now. I'm scrolling through. I'm looking for it. What's going on here? Two to two, all tied up at two in the top of the fifth in Gainesville, South Florida. One of the hottest teams in that regional, the fourth seed, if they win, they'll be the first fourth seed to advance to a Super Regional in this tournament. The only fourth seed to advance. They've so far knocked out Florida, who was the preseason number one by the NCAA, I believe. And they've knocked out Miami, who's like a staple when it comes to the college baseball playoffs. I'm sure they got national championships. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but I'm sure they do. So South Florida, what a surprise. I mean... Everybody was talking about how we don't have talent in this conference. I told you last Monday we definitely do. You're just not paying attention. And South Florida definitely proved that over the weekend. Look, Cincinnati's going to be tough next year. I think they're really starting hitting towards the end of the year. They got the bats to rival anybody in the country. Wichita State's always tough. Memphis had a down year. They had a few injuries. South Florida proven, proven time and time again in this postseason that they're nothing to mess with, that they belong. Houston, I can't say much about Houston. Houston, yikes. Moving on, we got Old Dominion in Virginia. That game's delayed right now in a weather delay down in Columbia. The winner of that game will move on to the Super Regional. They will play, let's see here. They will play the winner between Dallas Baptist and Oregon State. I believe if Dallas Baptist wins, they'll be headed to their first Super Regional since 2011. Old Dominion failed in their game yesterday to Virginia 8-3. Old Dominion, the top seed in Columbia, despite South Carolina being in that uh, in that bracket. South Carolina, despite them hosting, was not the top seed. Old Dominion was the top, speed, top seed. And they would have hosted if they submitted a bid, but they decided not to submit a bid. They're the 11th seed overall in the country. 
They drop a game to Virginia. It's the decisive game seven later on tonight. That game's under weather delay down in Columbia, South Carolina. Mississippi State is set to play Notre Dame down in, what is it, Starkville? In Starkville, Mississippi State, the seventh seed. Notre Dame, the tenth seed. Of course, ECU, the 13th seed. They're set to take on the fourth seed in Vanderbilt and Nashville next week. You can hear live coverage on that game with our man Corey Glore, the best in the biz, right here on 94.3 The Game. First pitch still to be announced, or it's probably announced. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry. Please forgive me. Moving on, Texas beat Fairfield. They ended this. They ended a historic season for Fairfield. Fairfield at one point was second in RPI, and I've never even heard of Fairfield before this season. Are you familiar with Fairfield, Derek? As about as familiar as I am with Ryder. Yeah, 0-2. 0-2 right now when it comes to knowing teams, Derek. Come on. No, I'm with you. Fairfield, I mean, their mascot's a stags. I don't know what a stag is. Do you know what a stag is? It's like a deer. Is it? It's an elk. I like that. That's uh, That's pretty unique. I'll give them that. Stags. Why don't they just be the Elks? Either way, Texas smacks them 12-2. Texas is moving on. They'll host in Austin. They're the second-ranked team in the country. They'll take on the winner of South Florida and South Alabama. And that's going to do it for your slate. That's going to do it for us here. I was your host, Ben Byer, my man across the class, D-Rock, Derek Alcorn. Hey, he killed it today. A little return to some professionalism, the best in the biz. Patrick Johnson back tomorrow. Just a little under the weather today. Kind of caught me off guard, but it's whatever. We got through it. We got through it. After a long night last night, D-Rock didn't get home until 2 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. Hey, we had some fun. What do you say, D-Rock? We had some fun? It was a fun. We got through it. We got through it. Exciting times here in Greenville. East Carolina going to move to the Super Regional against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's got a tough pitching duo there. I think if we can weather through that, we'll be in a good spot. Stay tuned tomorrow. The return of the P-Man. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show.